everybody. Welcome to the Let's Talk TEFL podcast. My name is Jackie and joining me is Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer. Hi, Jackie. Hey, so what's up with you? We haven't talked in a while. It's summer vacation um, time here. So um, I took a bit of time off to go camping and we didn't record for a few weeks. Um, But yeah, what's up with you, Jen? Um, Yeah, just getting ready. We have one week left in Russia. So been trying to sort of get things organized to empty out the house here. We don't have that much stuff, but it's Where still- Where are you like... moving? I had no idea oh. <laughs> about this. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Uh, Craig is finishing his job here and we're going to the UK. So hopefully they'll have me. <laughs> oh, perfect. Oh, so back to your like home or whatever. Yeah. In the UK. Oh, cool. That's exciting. You were in yeah. Russia for such a short amount of time. I know it was supposed, well, we were supposed to be here for three years, but um, I was not here for one of it because of COVID and the travel restrictions. But um, yeah, Craig's only been on the job for like a year and a half, but his team is like half the people that it should be. And they just Mm -hmm. won't hire new people. And whenever they sort of tease him by having him do like 40 interviews with different people at the end of it they won't even hire a single one oh no yeah <laughs> wow he, he's just like i've given you like i've interviewed 40 people which is ridiculous that's I've a lot of time you, yeah yeah like literally there have been entire weeks when he has done nothing but interview people like all day and which oh, means wow. that his work doesn't get done during work hours and oh, no. like, he's the only native speaker in his team and it's, you know, it's letter writing. So like he ends up having to like proofread everybody's work and, oh, it's, oh. yeah, it's just, it's grinding him down. And he's like, yeah, I've just had oh. enough. Like after, I, I want to say it was like the third time that he did like a whole week of nothing but interviewing people and not a single person was hired, <gasps> even though he gave them like a list of names of people that were well qualified and they were like, eh. and then that was <laughs> the end, like, yeah, like no reasons, just like, eh. meaning we don't want to spend oh, the no. money. And so he's like, yeah, I've had enough. I'm out of here. Peace. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. So they need to, to hire you to read all the letters and edit all the letters. <laughs> but tonight well, is his anyway. leaving thing. And yeah. his deputy's wife has like, I think today is going to be her first outing after she's just arrived and finished like incoming quarantine and they're Turkish and her request for like the Icha. So like the second location after dinner, guess what she wants to do? Where, where (laughs) she wants to go to a strip club. (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. So I feel like she's like, out of you know out of her restrictive environment for the first time which i, I don't think turkey is that yeah. restrictive but yeah you know it if they're muslim nice yeah <laughs> if they're muslim she might have you know sort of felt like all eyes were on her and now she's free Maybe. and that's Maybe. the first thing she wants to do <laughs> my, my I love husband's it. Well, boss you'll... is like i can organize it don't worry and we're like yeah we can <laughs> You'll have a good story to tell next time. I'm oh, sure. No, um, we already have decided between us that that is the perfect time for us to call it an early night. Oh no! Go for the adventure and see well, what happens. Because, no, like, 
they're all super happy to stay out really late. Like they'll stay out to midnight and come to work in the morning, but we're sort of early to bed kind of people. So Mm. we're already not excited about dinner where the arrival time at the restaurant is eight. Oh, that's late. Uh, (laughs) People in Canada eat at like five. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We arrive at at the latest. Yeah. And it's an hour from our house. So that's already uh, yeah, like, even okay. if we just turned around and came home, it'd already be nine o'clock. So that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. All right, Jennifer, let's I, get yeah. into our topic of the day. So today's topic is anything that can go wrong will, or what to do when X bad thing happens. <laughs> so we have a few situations, um, common situations that you might encounter when you're teaching um, English. And then we're going to give a few tips, hopefully helpful tips for how to handle these situations. So uh, the first situation we have is what to do when the lesson is too high, as in too difficult or too low, as in too easy for the students. Well, for me, when the lesson is too high, I uh, usually scale it back. Like if there's some grammar point that needs to be taught and like it's clear that they're not getting it, then I would just sort of go back to a review of something like more foundational that they would need to to handle that. So like if they've got, I don't know, like a progressive tense and they're still sort of struggling with adding S to the present tense, then... I would kind of scale it back. Mm-hmm. And what yeah, do you and I do? Think, um, well, I think you sometimes can avoid this on the very first day of class um, because you don't know the students. But then after that, you generally would have an indication of kind of the level. And um, my just best advice is you don't need to be a slave to the textbook. Um, yeah. So this applies to both. If it's too easy or too difficult, Um I would often take like the general topic, like say like irregular simple past verbs or um, like weather vocabulary or just just whatever the topic of the day was. And I would very like loosely base a lesson around that. And if the textbook was at the student's level, then I would use a lot of stuff from the textbook just because it was easier and the students had already bought the book and paid money for it. So um, I would do that. But if it wasn't appropriate, then I would just design my own lesson. Yeah. Um, with my own activities and and things. And I'd maybe use like one of the little simple fill in the blank kind of things um, or a little reading passage from the textbook or listening thing or something like that. But um, yeah, so don't be a slave to the textbook for sure. Yeah. Use, yeah, your, definitely. use your discretion and judgment. Yeah, adapt and modify. You know, um, a lot of times it depends on your teaching situation, but yeah, a lot of the schools... Uh, like they'll sell the books themselves to the students. And so uh, they expect the the book to be used um, quite thoroughly, but they don't always match that expectation with the reality of the students that they've assigned to that book. So you you, um, may want to give more or less of the appearance of sticking to the book, but uh, just modifying and adapting the, the material. 
Yeah, make a token effort. He's yes, <laughs> at least at minimum. <laughs> like every day, I was like, the students brought the book to class, and obviously made an effort to do that. So I don't want to like just you know, oh, leave it in your bag. You don't need it. Today. Yeah, no, <laughs> I never wanted to do that, but yeah, yeah. Angry so that that is something where um, important to think about your specific students and their level. So even if you're teaching the same lesson mm -hmm. to multiple classes you might have to adapt the lesson differently for different ones. Mm -hmm. All right. So I think that probably covers the too easy or too difficult um, yeah. thing. But what about the, yeah, the next one we have is too complex. Yeah. Um, so this is something so I felt what like. What do you think? Yeah. This is something I did um, earlier in my teaching days and sometimes still uh, as time went on. But I learned pretty quickly uh, and we've talked about this before, like don't have too many steps in an activity that, uh, especially an activity they've never done before. Like if it's a game, don't have lots and lots of rules. Like if they've played mm -hmm. the game before, you can maybe add one new rule at a time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for me, complex, I think, I, I think complex in terms of like how many different things are covered within oh, like yeah. say over the course of a semester um my my theory of English teaching is that I'd rather my students leave my class with like 10 solid things that they're never going to forget for the rest of their lives <laughs> speaking yes. English or writing in English or whatever instead of like a hundred kind of fluffy things that they kind of only half know and half remember um that's just my style of like everything like the way I live my life just quite simply and this is my style of teaching too and so I would just focus on like a few very important things and review them and review them and test on them and um, yeah students would leave my class and they would have these like solid things to kind of grasp onto to take with them um, into their language teaching journey so I or language learning journey so I yes yes that's just how I how I taught my philosophy I guess so um, yeah, don't, but that involves some freedom to design your own lessons and yeah. yeah, which I did have a lot of freedoms, but that was just what I did. I didn't care if I covered every single chapter in the textbook, um, or I would just choose a few things from each chapter and not hit like every single thing in every single chapter. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That goes back to modify and adapt as needed. If, if the book is maybe generally a bit high or covers too many things, choose what you focus on in your lessons. Mm -hmm. All right. So the next ones are um, what happens if your lesson plan is too short or too long? Maybe we can talk about those two together. Yeah. Well, I, I think too long is easy, easier. Um, you can usually tell pretty early on in, in a lesson if you've tried to shoehorn too many things into one class period and either shorten the different segments of the lesson or cut one out entirely. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you're going to cut one out, it is sort of like you, obviously you don't want to cut out like the practice bit and to take them straight to production, but you don't want to completely cut out the production activity either. So yeah, if, if it is possible, shorten the two segments of the activities. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. And what about um, if it's too short, too short of a lesson plan? That one is, I think, something that comes with experience, which is having some little back pocket activities, like the sort of Mm -hmm. things I think we've touched on before of having something that you can just kind of pull out that's like a no prep, um, no materials, incredibly adaptable activity that maybe you can use for five minutes or 10 minutes. Uh, Hopefully you won't have misjudged your lesson by too much more than about 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Unless you've got a really long lesson. Yes, for sure. Um, I always, so how I deal with that stuff um, for the too short is that I'll always have like, I call it the emergency activity at the end of the lesson. So I plan for it. I just think like, I'm not going to get to this, but I just need a like very like low prep, no materials thing that can loosely review the material I covered. And so, yeah, I plan it in. And maybe if I teach that same lesson 10 times, I might only get to it once. Um, But it's not like the most important thing in the lesson. It's just a bit of a time filler. Um, Yeah, just in case for whatever reason, maybe only like a quarter of the students show up to that class and things go super quickly because there's like a field trip or like whatever things happen for sure. So yeah, just write that into your lesson and just know that you're not going to get to that activity, but don't waste a ton of time planning for some elaborate, impressive right. yes. thing. It just seriously just choose like a time filler <laughs> thing yeah. in like two minutes. Don't spend more than two minutes planning for something that you're never going to get to, but have it, have it in there at the same, at the same time. So now if it's too long, um, I also will put kind of the less important things at the end of the lesson when I'm planning Um, so I will definitely have it in mind that this thing is easy to cut out, um, if necessary, and it's won't affect my grading or testing or like, I'm not covering, you know, like skipping, covering something that I'm going to test on later or whatever, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, so both of those things can be dealt with when planning lessons for sure. So just have that in the back of your mind. What's one thing at the end of the lesson that's not important that I can cut and then include one emergency activity um, in case of disaster <laughs> you need to yes. fill however many 20 minutes of time or whatever or something like that yeah oh, I think I would just have an anxiety attack but I never <laughs> like <laughs> I never um, taught young learners anything over maybe 50 minutes so even uh, yeah if yeah if I got 30 minutes in and was like well we can pack our bags now. (laughs) (laughs) I had some three hour classes or even four hour classes, which were like (laughs) a little bit stressful. It was no joke, but it was university too. So you could just say like, okay, go take a half hour break or like, okay, we'll end 20 minutes early or I don't know, whatever. There was like some freedom. Like I didn't. Yeah. So, but of course you can end it like an hour early and you can't give like three breaks in like a three hour class, you know? So yeah, for sure. You have to have a good plan generally. Okay. So the next one, Um, what happens if there aren't enough pencils or crayons, or there are a ton of like underprepared students? And I would um, even include maybe like students don't have books with them. Yeah, that they need. 
Yeah. So with the pencils and crayons and things, like I would always have some spares if I didn't have a class set. So depending on my teaching situation, sometimes I had like full class sets of stuff. And sometimes I just had a couple of bits of extra stuff. If we didn't often use stuff that needed crayons or glue sticks or whatever, I might just have uh, some a few extras. And in those cases, uh, sharers would get stickers. So uh, that was usually a powerful motivator. Um, <laughs> and uh, in terms of books, I hated photocopying uh, books <sighs> because one, uh, you're leaving class to go make copies. And even if it's just down the hall or you can hand the book off to admin, whatever, you're still mm-hmm. then like that's eating into your class time. And also mm-hmm. I didn't like to put into the back of the students' minds, like, oh, it's no problem if I don't bring my book ever because yeah. I'll just get a photocopy. The teacher will just do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I would have them share with the student next to them if possible. Yeah. I mean, I dealt with this, like I actually, my first year of teaching at a uni, I didn't have a plan and like probably like half the class wouldn't bring their books. And it was so frustrating actually. And like, just so disruptive that I just made a new plan. And this was what I did for like the remaining 10 years of teaching. (laughs) So in Korean universities, you have to give like participation or like attendance points. So I just grouped it into one category together. And then to, in order to get their like whatever one or two percent for that class, they would have to be sitting in their desk when like the exact moment in time struck when the class started, say like, you know, 10 o'clock in one second, they would have to be sitting in their desk with their book, a pencil and their name tag on their desk. So they'd have to meet those four things, sitting in their desk, pencil, name tag, and book. If they did, I would give them their whatever, one or 2% for their attendance for that class. If they didn't meet any of those things, then they wouldn't get their points. (laughs) And it was like kind of revolutionary. It was, everyone had their books. Everyone was just sitting, waiting for class to start totally orderly like people would actually run to class to get to class on time if they were late like they took it way more seriously when points were on the line so if you can implement something like that it honestly like changed everything for me and it was like just having the whole class sitting at their desks with the book ready to start and learn was just so much better than the alternative of streaming in late and not having materials and like all of that kind of thing. So it did seem kind of babyish, I guess, a little bit for adults, but like, I don't know, it's what my students needed to like get it it together. Um, Yeah. I've talked about my frustrations of teaching the adult. It was in-service teacher training and they would like, there was one girl in particular who would come in like 10 minutes late every day and every day she would have a a coffee in her hand Uh and it would make me so mad. I want a coffee too. (laughs) Um, So that's kind of brilliant. The young learner version of that is um, usually uh, everywhere I taught the students would get stickers for doing all of their homework and you can um, include in their bringing all of your materials to class as being Mm -hmm. part of their homework. 
Yeah, I kind of like I try to always do like positive reinforcement. So yes. I think my system to some degree was it was like you did all those things and you would get your points and then you'd yes. feel happy. Like you just got one free percentage point or like two yes. points or whatever for basically nothing. Yeah. Like the easiest thing. And if you didn't, I wouldn't make a big deal of, out of it. I just would like mark their, you know, attendance on the paper, but then just they wouldn't get their point and that was that was it and I didn't even have to say anything they knew they knew themselves so it was like I didn't have to get mad at them or like angry and then next time they were like shoot I forgot my book <laughs> it was like they would sometimes borrow a book from their friend or like they were like serious about you know about making it happen for themselves yeah. so but yeah, it, is, so it was better yeah I mean it's, it's quite reasonable they can't if it's a participation grade they can't fully participate if they don't have a book, a pencil, a piece of paper, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the name tag, they never would have done it without <laughs> some incentive along the way, for sure. So, okay, let's move on to the next one. So um, you have a last minute class, um, say like five or 10 minutes before class is starting. It's a big surprise. Yes. <laughs> so what do you do? Uh, yes, there's two kinds of new last minute classes you can be given. One is the last minute where admin is probably known for like two weeks. And that is the last minute surprise. It's the beginning of the month and you've got a new class. Um, <laughs> and uh, the other one is a surprise substitute class. So a teacher has absent. And so the other teachers are asked to fill in at the last minute. Uh, so obviously, if it's a new class, uh, we have done a whole previous episode on icebreaker activities, and some of them are no prep or low prep. So you should go listen to that episode to get some really good ideas. Mm -hmm. um, and for the sub one, it can go a few different ways. And in my experience, like it always sort of depended on the culture of the school, like some schools literally there would be like no way to really know what was meant to happen unless the students told you when they arrived. Like all the teachers kind of used their own books and you could be anywhere in any of those books and there were no lesson plans or anything. It's just a surprise. Here's some students who are in the middle of something figured out. And in those classes, I would honestly just um, turn up and we'd We'd play some English games, you know. Um, but if it was at some of my other schools that were more organized, where we had to turn in lesson plans the week before, um, like that's pretty easy, or it's easier because you know at least what the teacher was expecting to cover, you know, and you can just fill in. And unless they had a bunch of materials that were needed for that lesson that are not in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, the third sort of hogwani, you know, after school academy is every day you're meant to cover one page or two pages out of the book. So you just open the book to the next pages and you've probably taught that lesson before. So you know what to do. And if not, just follow along with the book. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not exactly. so difficult at the very low levels, you know, the grammar yeah, already, and right. the vocabulary already. So at the university level, how would you handle substitutions? Or did you, were you um, able to just cancel class? Did you have to do several? Well, yeah, just one quick thing. Um, mm -hmm. That ESL icebreaker episode that you mentioned, it's mm -hmm. episode 13, and it's oh. scheduled to come out on August 27th, 2021. Okay. So have a look at that. Um, yeah, the last minute classes, um, it sometimes happened, but not that often. 
Um, so yeah, definitely if it's like a class that I was given at the last minute, that could happen. In which case I would have my normal like ESL icebreaker activities that I was doing with um, the rest of the class. So generally in the first day of class, I would go over the syllabus. So I would have to quickly put a syllabus together, but I have a template. Um, so it wasn't usually that difficult. And then often the school would tell me which textbook to use. So that was easy as well. So I would go over kind of all the like logistics of class. And then, um, yeah, I would just do my normal like icebreaker activities. I'd often do like an introduction survey um, and maybe another one or two activities depending on the level. So, which I'd already had planned for my other classes anyway. So I would generally just kind of recycle that. But um, in terms of like subbing for a class that's not my own, if the teacher didn't give me a lesson plan, um, I would often just like, <laughs> I have a few standby lessons that I use just for like anything. One of them is that song by the Bare Naked Ladies, If I Had a Million Dollars. So I would always teach it for conditionals. And I have this whole elaborate lesson plan um, for it that takes like, I don't know, it can take anywhere from like, say, 40, 30 minutes or 40 minutes to like two hours or three hours. Nice. Um, so I would just pull that out. Generally, I would just print off, you know, enough copies of the handout. And um, yeah, do that. So like, I mean, or... Um, I would always have like board games and card games. So if it was a very small class, I would like bring a few of my board games and teach them how to play like King of Tokyo or Settlers of Catan or like whatever. If it was only like three or four or five students, we'd have some fun with that. If it was around Christmas, I'd maybe show like the Home Alone movie. <laughs> I don't know. So it's just like, it kind of just depends. But just think it's like, you just need to fill the time in a way that's like, not terrible for the yeah. students <laughs> and like they're yeah, not going to go home and complain to their parents or like their university admin it will just be like kind of this class of like oh there was a sub but it was okay whatever like that's kind of the goal of that yeah. whole situation yeah kind of a, a step out of time but not wasted time so doing yeah, exactly English and something useful but not um not messing up what the teacher's doing especially if you don't know what the teacher's doing yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't like think that you're just, oh, I'm just going to cover these pages in the textbook. If the teacher doesn't tell you to do that, that's like, yeah. oh, it's a little bit tough. I mean, yeah. that's happened to me before when I've walked into a class, like if I've been co-teaching or there was a sub or just whatever, and I had the whole lesson plan and it, the students are like, oh, we did that with like Jessica teacher or whatever. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shoot. <laughs> so like, don't avoid, avoid covering things that you don't aren't assigned to cover, I guess, yeah. is like kind of the advice I would give. That's generally a bad idea. Yeah. Um, so okay. just, just out of curiosity, yeah. I, I would like to know what's the latest you've been assigned a new <laughs> class? Um, I mean, when I taught at Hogwans, like oh, literally like different. three minutes yeah. before class or yes. whatever, one minute before. Oh, shoot, Jackie, we didn't tell you. Yeah. But in that case, it's just like, just open up the book and like do whatever pages are assigned and then hope for the best. And um, yeah, I generally would like to plan a little bit more, but I mean, yeah. those like kids textbooks or whatever are easy enough to um, just teach from generally. Um, but then university, for sure, I would sometimes get classes like the night before or two days before, which was not a lot of time to plan a whole course, but yeah. <laughs> just, it is what it was and whatever. I had taught all the classes, you know, yeah. at least one time usually. So it was, it was okay. It was fine. But yeah, um, it did require some like last minute 
preparation, <laughs> but I was always prepared. I never planned anything the day or two before the semester started in terms of like social activities. So, cause I knew, I knew something would happen inevitably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about if you leave materials at home or the photocopier is broken or something happens like that. Okay. Where well, this is where I'm either going to sound like I'm OCD or I'm somebody's <laughs> mom, but if you can at all help it, do yourself a favor and uh, don't leave your copying to the last minute. And, you know, like if you can leave stuff at school, you know, take them in advance. I know I've had jobs where I literally had no place at school to leave anything. So I had to bring stuff on the day. And honestly, that made me really stressed out, like at all oh, times, because sure. Yeah, I'm, I kind of worry like a job, but um, yeah, if, if you've gotten to school and you've realized you've left something at home and there's no time to go back and get it, um, try to salvage it with like, what can you, what you can adapt and figure out like how much of that stuff was sort of nice to have and how much was really necessary and kind of rework your lesson from the moment you've realized you've left the materials, which is hopefully before class starts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of like you. I like maybe people will think this is actually crazy, but it was like the best way for me to teach is before the semester started, I would go to like my favorite coffee shop and just hit the lesson planning like hard for like two or three days. And then I would go into my office or school or whatever. And I would do all the photocopying for the entire semester, basically, wow. in like one morning. And I would just, I had this like big bookshelf in my office. So I would just have like stacks of um, handouts for each class. And it was like, I had taught there long enough that I knew the levels of the students. Like it wasn't a surprise to me what a advanced writing class would look like or what like a freshman English class in the English major would look like or whatever it was like I would I would know by that time so I wasn't scared to like invest that time and energy um, without knowing what this actual students were so yeah I would just get everything done even before the semester started and um, it was like the most stress-free experience yeah. <laughs> not scrambling around the morning of my my lesson and of course I would have to do that once in a while like there was things I forgot or like I would like always review my lesson plan yeah. a couple of days before I was going to teach it and just make sure I had everything actually but um and sometimes I wouldn't have everything and I would just do it and but it was like yeah it was um yeah planning ahead is key yeah. <laughs> to happiness for me at least yeah I feel a lot better now because I would do my copying like a week in advance and then yeah. like I would be working with people, you know, how teachers will sort of float around to different classrooms and have a little chat or whatever. And like literally other teachers would be like, oh, class starts in five minutes. I guess I better go make my copies. And I would just be like, oh, my oh, God, so I would so be so. having a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, I know I hated that. <laughs> because, you know, the and sometimes, yeah, they just jam all the time. They or, break. They break. Um, for sure. You know, like. I taught at a school that had dozens and dozens of teachers when I was in the, the public schools or when I was at the, the private school, but it was like a regular elementary school. You know, there were dozens of teachers and two photocopiers, you know, so if everybody was like, yep, class starts in five minutes, can I go make my copies? 
good luck with that. Yeah, I mean, I was like serious about students being on time for their participation point or whatever. Yeah. So if I was late, (laughs) it was like bad, so bad. So I think that's that was also on my mind, too. I didn't want to be like the biggest hypocrite um, requiring that my students be to class on time. And then I didn't start class on time. I think they're like, I can't even imagine anything worse (laughs) than that in my mind. So um, I tried to avoid that at all costs. Yeah. So what would you do if you turned up for a lesson and you had planned to use like the class monitor or a projector or something like that? What would you do if you showed up and it was broken that day? Um, I mean, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Um, I didn't plan like fancy PowerPoints or whatever. Mine were all just like very simple. So um, I mean, if students had their phones, I would just like send them you know, a link because I usually um, required my students to sign up for Twitter and I would just send them um, things via Twitter. Like, here's the link to this thing or like, here's a review activity you can do or whatever. So I would just send them the link to the PowerPoint um, on Twitter and they could open it up on their phones. But um, if that wasn't possible, like they didn't have phones or whatever. um, Yeah, I generally would just like, if I was showing a video, I would skip over that or listening thing. Or even a listening thing, I'd maybe read it out loud. But um, yeah, that's where kind of the time filler activities, the end of class that I would have in my lesson plan, maybe I would have to skip over something, but then I could put that um, kind of emergency activity, use that at the end of my lesson to fill up that time. So yeah, just have some flexibility in the lesson for sure. And then have an extra activity that doesn't require anything generally. (laughs) And um, that's always a good strategy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about um, there's a new student and you're midway through a unit. This probably didn't happen too often to you at the university level. I would assume that everybody would be there by the end of the first week. Yes, generally. Yeah. Yeah. But in an academy, like an after school thing or in a regular like public school, kids can turn up any day, any time. Uh, you know, there were, I did work for some schools where they would only allow students to start at the beginning of the month, but I taught at other schools where they would just parachute a kid in, anybody, anytime, welcome to class. And I found it really annoying. <laughs> and um, usually, like on the first day of the new student, I would try to modify the lesson to include some like icebreaker activities so they could get to know their classmates. But otherwise, it would be like playing a bit of catch up with that one student and also like assessing just where they were, just because despite the fact that the school was parachuting them into a specific class didn't mean that the student belonged in that class, according to their level. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough situation for sure. And um, there's sometimes not a lot you can do. Yeah. Um, Really, it's like they've already missed everything that you've covered so (laughs) but then generally students will have like they're not absolute beginners they will have prior knowledge of yeah things vocabulary and grammar and whatever so don't always assume that like just because you haven't taught it that they don't know it um that's not always the case so um yeah I would just kind of continue on with my regular programming and um 
try not to worry about it too much. It was kind yeah. of one of those admin things that wasn't really my problem, right. I guess. And of course, I would try to help them as much as I could. But if they weren't concerned about it, I wasn't concerned about it either. Um, it kind of, but if that student was like, oh my God, I missed so many things, then of course I would help them and help them catch up or whatever with the material. But if they didn't care, then um, I didn't worry about it. So, yeah. yeah. You can't care for them. No, students have to care. <laughs> yeah, you can't force anyone to learn whatever, anything really. So yeah, student, their students have to have some degree of motivation um, to learn things. All right. So what happens if a large percentage of your class is absent? Generally, I would teach uh, the, let me start that over. Generally, I would teach that like a sub lesson, something that was sort of outside of the regular uh, curriculum, but still like a useful English lesson. And generally, it'd be something more fun because usually the ones that were there were missing out on something more fun. Like mm-hmm. a bunch of the kids had all gone on a field trip together. And for some reason, these two or three kids didn't go, usually because mm-hmm. they had some other classes that their parents didn't want them to miss in their like after school mm-hmm. stuff. Or like, you know, one time my entire class of 24 went on a ski trip for two days but one student did not go because oh, uh, she, had, no. she had never spent the night away from home and yeah. um, she didn't want to spend the night away from home for the first time with all of these classmates because mm. uh, she was also a new student. She wasn't brand new at that uh, point, but like most of those kids have been going together, uh, going to school together since kindergarten and they were in fourth grade and she started like midway through fourth grade there. Mm. So I kind of understood, but still it was like frustrating <laughs> to have one student for two days. But uh, we played a lot of uh, English games, like board games. And her she had moved back from Canada, so her English was flawless. And so, oh, yeah, yeah she for had, sure. I would do. <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead. No, no uh, her English was flawless and, you know, she was quite a smart student, so she didn't have any remedial work that we could work on because she was at the top of the class in everything. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I would do the same thing. I would do like board games or something like that. Or um, often at like the university, I would say to my students, Hey, let's go get coffee. And then I would like buy everybody a coffee. Or if it was around lunchtime, I'd like buy them all lunch at like the gimbap, <laughs> kind of like yeah. the Korean fast food place or whatever. It would be like, I don't know, 20 bucks or whatever, but it was only a couple of times during the semester. So not a big deal. And yeah, the students like loved it. So we would just like hang out and have like awkward English conversation together. Right. <laughs> I don't know, but not like, not like serious, but it was just like, we just chatted just like, you know, yeah. casually chatting about whatever. And um, yeah, it was fun. So that was kind of my go-to thing. And the students were like genuinely super happy that their teacher was buying them a coffee and like hanging out for an hour and then we'd finish a bit early or whatever. So um, yeah, so that was fun. And like nobody could get angry at me for canceling class, but then it was also a break for me as well. Um, Yeah, it was just fun, like getting to know my students and actually talking and like everyone was so happy not to be sitting in the classroom with only like three of their classmates you know or yeah. whatever awkwardly so yeah so that was my general plan if you have freedom to do that of course with kids you can maybe go outside 
um, yeah. and go to the playground or go for a walk or like, I don't know, something like that. If you're able to, um, that's always like a nice, nice thing to do. Yeah. But if you're not able to, again, um, going back to the same advice from some of the other things, if you just have some low prep, no prep, easily adaptable activities that you can just sort of pull out at any time. And if it's just one student, or even if it's two or three students and the school is quite strict, so you don't have the freedom to do that. If it's that small, then you can give them sort of one-on-one that is aligned with their own sort of personal needs of what they need to Mm -hmm. review. Mm -hmm, For sure. All right, Jennifer. So I think let's maybe wrap this up. So we have a few common themes that I think we've already touched on quite a bit. So The first one is plan ahead. Don't wait for the last minute. This can prevent a ton of problems like things like photocopiers, etc. And then also um, not having enough material, having too much material, etc. If you can plan things like that into your lesson quite easily. Um, The second one is always having a few kind of emergency activities. at your disposal, just in case you get an extra class at the last minute, or you have a ton of time at the end of class, etc. So have at least a few of those um, in your mind that you can easily just pull up without any effort or struggle, basically. Yeah. And then the last one is be flexible and um, plan for like adaptations. So yeah, I just think like this is kind of the skeleton of what's going to happen. But then if this happens, I'll have this activity. If this happens, I'll do this thing, et cetera. Yeah. So kind of have some um, things in the back of your mind that might go wrong. And then also what you can do to combat those. All right, Jennifer, anything else to add to that? I think that's just about it. I think just uh, prepare as much as you can you know, just to make your own life easier and, uh, you know, never let them see you sweat. If you pretend (laughs) like it was all as you planned it, then most of them will never know otherwise. For sure. Yes, that is key. (laughs) Always act like that was always the plan. All right, Jennifer. So where can people find you online? You can find me on YouTube, uh, Teach Travel Learn and my blog, teachtravellearn.com. And where can people find you? Uh, people can find me at eslactivity.org and you can find out all the podcast um, info at eslactivity.org slash podcast. And then also there's a book on Amazon that I wrote, which you guys might love. It's called English Teacher Emergency. Um, and it's exactly for those like super last minute classes and the activities in the book um, don't require any prep and they don't require any materials and you can pull them together in just a couple minutes. Um, yeah, so definitely check that out. I'll put that link down in the notes and I think it's um, 99 cents for the e-version. So yeah, definitely will be worth your dollar <laughs> to yeah. pick up and to have kind of at your disposal. Um, okay, I think that's it, Jen. Take care, everyone. Right. Bye. Bye. Bye.